You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. Today is a solo episode, and oh my freaking goodness. This episode goes live Monday, May 9th. My very first book. F the shoulds, do the ones, get clear on who you are, what you want, and why you want it, releases worldwide May 10th. Wow. So you're either listening to this the day before my book comes out, the day it comes out, or sometime after. I am so unbelievably excited and also it kind of feels like I'm in a state of shock, (laughs) like not yet (laughs) grasping that it's finally coming out. Um, Yeah, I'm going to share a little bit how I'm feeling. I'm going to share a sort of tool that's been helping me this week in, um, in preparing for this, but also for making other choices in my life. And then I'm going to read a bit from the book from the trust yourself chapter that kind of goes along with it. So yeah, for those of you who don't know, and definitely listen to my episode with Rochelle Fredson. Um, she's someone that I utilize to make my book proposal more awesome. Um, we talk about the book, um, like what it really is like to put a book out in the world. And uh, yeah, so I believe it was November of 2019, I finally like committed to sitting down and working on a book proposal. I had said for so many years that I was going to write a book. And yeah, in that episode I talked prior, I was into blogging about 10 years before that. I think I started blogging in 2010, not like with the plan for even anybody to read anything. And um I mean, I didn't like blow up huge, but yeah, it got a great response and I loved writing and sort of sharing my personal, like a story from that day and an aha I had from it, like in a way to share it with you, how you could apply this like aha mindset sort of thing to your, to your life realization. And I loved it. I never, I hated writing growing up. Like I got good grades for writing, but I remember paying one of my best friends to write a paper for me because I just did not enjoy it. (laughs) So when I started blogging, uh, I wasn't someone that really kept a journal or anything um, at that point. It was like, I, I was just the feeling that I got from writing and like sort of like online journaling, you know, really it's like, again, I didn't care or think anybody would read it. So just typing on my computer instead of writing into a journal. So, um, it was just so amazing. And I loved it. And I remember having this moment (laughs) in my friend Anya Marina, uh, past guest apartment of like, I'm a writer, like declaring myself like, like just having this realization, (laughs) I'm getting emotional. Like that's my maybe that's my purpose on earth. And I had loved, you know, I had already been a sound engineer, I had been a joy, created this new role for myself as a joyologist. Um, So it wasn't like I felt like I was trying to find my place in the world. But it was just like, Oh, my God, I'm a writer. Wow, I had never it wasn't something I had imagined or wanted for myself. And then from writing 
these personal blogs, I was like, this just feels so amazing. I love this. And people resonated with them. And so I was like, maybe that's what I'll do next. So when I had a, you know, finished one tour, I often took large chunks of time for myself because it was such a big job I had created and would be working with people for like years at a time. Um, So I was like, that's what I'm going to do on this, you know, next chunk of time. Instead of looking for, I always gave myself space. I didn't want to go from tour to tour to tour because I was like, it was so much energy. I was like, that's what I'm doing next. When this tour ends, I will go away and I'm going to write my book. And I did. It looked like at one point I actually had started writing a book proposal. I know I went and I was like, I'm moving to Italy and I'm going to write my book there. I'm taking my train ride from... LA to New York, I'm going to write my book there. And there was writing happening, but I never actually, (laughs) yes, there was a book proposal, but it was like so vast. I never finished it. I didn't have a clear idea. It was just like, yeah, I have things to share with the world. (laughs) Uh, And so for years, I did other things. And in the back of my mind, that was just like, yeah, one day I'm writing a book. Um, My struggle was like, what is that book? I have so much to share. What will be the actual point of the book? So um, I sat myself down in November 2019. It was after leading a uh, workshop, doing a talk at my friends Sophie and Adiz Jaffe's. They had an ignited retreat and they had me lead a 30-minute workshop and they were like, we'll let you talk about whatever you want. So I needed to find one thing. My friend Jackie Carr, um, who I did her like, course for speaking to prepare myself and she was like the main thing is having one main thing for those people to walk away with so that was really great for me and so then I devised this talk about one main thing that I wanted these people to take away with and so then because of that I was like wow I just spent a lot of time creating this thought and this one main takeaway so I bet that that can be my first book that's gonna be my first book Um, And I remember then going to record a podcast and I stopped at the Silver Lake Reservoir to take a walk before my podcast interview. And for those of you who know me, I eliminated the word should for my life in 2004. So it was a big thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go home, you know, and next week I'm going to start this book proposal on this topic. And, but then I had this like, aha, during that walk. And I was like, oh, and I have to also write this book. So that'll be book two about, you know, the shoulds. And then I went to Carly's house to start the podcast and was like so excited. And I think she said should during the interview. And I told her, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. That's going to be, I'm going to write a book about that. But it was my second book. And she was like, oh, that needs to be your first book. And I was like, you're right. It does. This is this thing that has guided so much of my life and been so impactful for me. You're right. That has to be my first book. So I finally had narrowed it down. I sat down to start that book proposal, November of 2019. What a commitment, because that means just like sitting down and working on this thing that is not going to bring you like direct money, but like you got to do it at some time if you want to do it, right? So making this space and this commitment to show up every day uh, for this thing that you hope turns into this bigger thing, but you don't know. And I committed to it. I got an agent, which was huge. I'm lucky again that I had... Well, okay, I am lucky, and also I have put in the work for years of just putting myself out there and making introductions to people and being great friends and showing up with a lot of people. So I had reached, so I knew people that had gotten book deals and had agents before, and they connected me. Two people connected me to the same person. And um, 
wow, I forgot. I had even been connected to that agent a year prior, but I didn't know what the book was going to be about. So, right, I was connected to her in like January of 2019. <laughs> and we had like a call and she was, I didn't know. I was like, well, can't you like give me an idea of what to write my book about? Like I basically was waiting for someone to say, oh, you know about these things. The world wants to know about this. So write your book about this. And she was just sort of like, well, when you figure it out, <laughs> send it, send me a proposal my way. Here's like a template. Um, so then a year later, someone else reintroduced me to the same agent. And I was like, um, oh, okay, here it is. And she did say, yes, I believe in what you're saying. And I do want to represent you, but your book proposal needs a ton of work. And I was like, what do you mean? But it did. Wow, did it. Um, anyway, so then um, that was probably in February of 2020. And then the world shut down of March of 2020. And um, I had some delays, but I really stayed committed. I ended up hiring an editor that helped me, Kristen McGinnis, um, who went on to be one of the founders of Row House. Um, and then uh, I did hire Rochelle to do like a final touch, scary investments. But again, I was so committed to this happening. And then I got a book deal, I want to say September, October of 2020. I told them I'd write it in six months. So it was due May of 2021. And then it went through, goes through different edits with me and the editors and design and print and all of that. So it's a, such a freaking long process. <laughs> that now that it's actually coming out and then it's like months of put it up for pre-order, put it up for pre-order. So I've been talking about it now for so long that it almost feels like, oh, it's coming out next week. <laughs> so I know though that next week is going to feel so different that it's going to start coming to you. You're going to have it in your hands. And I hope that you'll post it on social and tag me so I can see it. And I hope that you'll actually open it up and read it and it won't just sit there in a pile. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be able to walk into bookstores and see it. Oh, wow. So definitely feeling surreal. Uh, also, because of, you know, uh, I decided to throw a, a book release party in LA on the day it comes out to to celebrate and to be in more in celebration mode than to be like, how's it going? Or how many people shared about it? Or blah, 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 blah. It can get easy to be in comparison about things or wanting it to be bigger, better, more. So I'm really excited to throw that party. But then I also, uh, that has been such a like hesitation for me. I wouldn't have thrown it proudly if my friend Stevi, who's also a past podcast guest, Stevi Alexander, had it reminded me. So a friend of mine who is a co-owner of, of this um, drink, Pulp Culture and 101 Cider, last year when I was up here writing the book, I stopped by and they were like, oh, have your book release party here. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Thank you. This was also still when the world was like mostly shut down. Anyway, and so I like told Stevie, oh, I went to this place and they said this. And I had told some other friends. But so uh, like a month or so ago, Stevie said, hey, well, aren't you throwing a party? Didn't those people offer you that space? And I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to them in a while. And I don't even know if anybody will come. I mean, it's LA. People don't really like leave their areas and uh, nobody will probably come. And, uh, and she was like, no, throw a party. Celebrate this. And I was like, you're right. So but then I've been like on the verge of canceling so many times. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so one of these tools that has helped me that I want to tell you about is, you know, I would feel like I better just cancel it because I don't think enough people are coming. And I bet the people that are letting that are like letting me throw it there, they're probably expecting so many more people. So if it's only for like 40, 50 people, they probably won't want it to throw, right? Because they only want it like a lot of people because they're also bringing attention to their space, which will be open to the public in June to like come anytime and get a drink and possibly they're gonna have food there too. Um, anyway, so I was feeling like all this pressure of like, you know, oh, you're throwing a party and like it should be fancy and you need all these decorations. And I was getting overwhelmed by the details that I would need and the things I would need to spend money on to have a book release party. And, and so I would have to keep coming back to myself again and checking in with like, are these the shoulds or are you trying to make it look a certain way to other people? If you are worried that the owners only want to hold this, if it's going to be a lot of people, then why don't you check in with them and be clear about how they you know feel and if they still are okay with it? So that's what a lot of the lessons in the book are coming back because it's so easy to jump into all of these feelings and thoughts and be living in them. And what I'm teaching in the book is to come back to whew, what, well, what is, you know, is that something that I actually want or is it because I think, oh, I've been to a book release party of someone in LA who was like a celebrity chef. And yeah, like it was hosted by uh, someone who, you know, had a lot of money, like a celebrity client. And it was very fancy and had all these things so that I have to compare it to that. But of course, the lessons are the book, right? Or like doing things your own way and trusting yourself and that. So of course, I'm always using my own lessons in the book. And so it have to come into again, like I don't have money to just be throwing around. So figuring out what was the best investments for me to be spending money on? What really did I need? It would have the impact rather than like, just to have it like they were like, Oh, have a step repeat, which is this big, you know, like sort of wall size curtain that then you would put your logo on it that people are still line up and take pictures in front of. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's not me at all. I don't want to step and repeat. <laughs> but also was like, yeah, I do want people that are there to like, take pictures and want to share about it and sure like have people be like oh what's this thing they're celebrating let me go check it out so besides celebration like sure I would like the party to <laughs> create excitement and buzz outside of the party uh and my sister gave me the idea of having a photo booth there and I was like ah that's something that I would feel good about spending money on and that that feels more me and fun and exciting and they'll take away you know like Somebody would want to go take go in a photo booth rather than do they want to like stand in front of a step and repeat and be like posing. And so like these ways of being able to feel into why am I making the choices that I'm making? How will that feel? The step and repeat felt like stiff and like not me and like a necessity as should. And the the photo booth feels fun and exciting and in some way they meet the same person but the photo booth was so much more exciting and just again like what are these things that I want to spend money on like so every choice now that I have made for this book release party and the things that I'm spending money or having there are things I feel so excited about and that are me and done my way and 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 so again there's so much outside of me that wants to go into that's what this and whatever. And I've collected ideas from people. And again, talking to people has given me, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And seeing what works for me, taking time with these things and feeling it out. And this is something I do all the time 
because it's so easy still, even I am programmed to jump into, I can pull this off or I can do that, right? Oh, sure. This person wants to do this, that, what? Oh, that person needs help. I want to help. I'm such a resourceful person. I get life from that and being resourceful and then being able to pause and step back and be like, okay, (laughs) how does this actually feel? And like, yes, you could do that. You could say yes to that. You could help that. But then let's look at your actual life and like what's on your plate. Once you look at all these things, how does that feel? Like what is the energy when you can actually visualize that yourself in that space of everything happening plus you took on this thing because you're good at these things or, you know, making plans with other people. It's so easy for me. I'm a go with the flow person to be like, what works for you? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I'm flexible. And then I'll be like, maybe I'll even offer like a couple dates. Okay, so I'm like, put, I'm like, I'm like prioritizing my own needs, but I'm still leaving it like open. Um, And so allowing myself to in those situations to just, okay, let me just sit back and like think what really feels best? Like, yeah, you really want to see that person. You don't mind driving. Hmm, but it would feel better maybe if they met me halfway or like, yeah, I am. I do have open availability, but what would feel best in my life? Like getting across town and back really isn't better at the end of the day. So like, okay, just allowing myself to even say, hey, mornings are better for me at this time and like allowing myself to feel more into the choices rather than just make it happen. I am so good (laughs) at uh, doing a lot and I'm so good at figuring things out and being like a problem solver. And so the natural part of me wants to just be like, yeah, I got that. I can make that happen. Let's do it. What works for you? We got it. And allowing myself to, before I answer or make a choice or reach out even to step back and be like, hmm, okay, if everything really was up to you, if, if everybody would go along with your idea, this, that choice of time and this, what would you choose? So that just sort of removing the ideas or obstacles of other people and their schedules and time primes and really getting clear on like, what would feel best for me? What would be ideal? what, what would, and then it's not an attachment to having that ideal, but allowing myself to actually feel into it. Like, yeah, actually, I think the afternoon feels better. Oh, I think this feels better. And then just by allowing yourself to feel in, like I give myself more to find, yeah, that works better for me. And again, sometimes I'm still open, but I know it's just this interesting thing that I've noticed my default is to make it easier for others. And it's sort of like a default to be yes, right? But I can just jump in with, I got this, and then being like, okay, I do. But what would be the most fulfilling, easeful way for me to do it? Okay, so now I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna read from the book, chapter six, Trust Yourself. And I have this amazing quote that I'm so grateful Mariam Hasna allowed me to use of hers. The reason that you have a hard time trusting your intuition is because you are convinced that some outside authority knows better than you. So that's her quote. It's time to talk about the elusive and ever confusing intuition. What is it really? And how do you know when you are feeling it? Gut feelings can often feel murky and confusing because of the shoulds that fog up our connection to ourselves. 
unshooting yourself will create a direct line to your intuition. I'm someone who feels lucky to have a real connection to my intuition and to have trusted it from a young age. Yet it can still be incredibly difficult for me to figure out what my intuition is telling me. I wonder, is that my inner knowing or is it a fear? Does a feeling that I don't even fully understand and that does not always make sense really know what is right for me? Isn't it better to listen to people who know what they are talking about and have been there and done it themselves? I mean, what do I know besides myself? Do I even know myself? How do you come to trust yourself if you are always looking outside of yourself for your answers? That's what the shoulds do. They have us looking outside of ourselves. Instead of trusting ourselves, we are conditioned to give power to outside voices over our own and to model our lives, our appearances, our choices after others, which leads us to questioning, comparing, and outsourcing our life choices. I'm not saying to never look outside of yourself or collect opinions, research, and feedback, but rather to allow your inner voice to be the guiding voice in your life, or at least give it as much space and respect as you would give to any other expert. You are the expert on you. No one knows you better than you. That's a powerful thought, right? That no one can ever possibly know you better than you. Not your parents, your siblings, your best friends whom you share everything with, your partner, your mentors, your boss. No one will ever know you better than you know you. It's the truth. And yet so often we don't even give ourselves a chance to be who we are, to trust who we are and what we feel, to allow ourselves to expand beyond who we were taught we should be. We are constantly evolving each day as we collect experiences, information, outside views, and shed the shoulds that life has imprinted on us. Your life belongs to you. Are you living it true to you? Making friends with our intuition is so needed for big life stuff, but it is also needed for our little everyday life choices. The ability to listen to and trust what we are feeling and allow ourselves to make the choices that work for us without feeling shame, less than, or that we aren't doing it right is so needed. So how do you uncover what it is that you feel? What works for you? What's best for you? What your gut is saying when you are swimming in the thoughts, feelings, advice, and should of others? How do you trust yourself? When you are inundated with information about the best way to eat, take care of yourself, be productive, find your brief partner, your dream partner, etc., etc. Good question. Let's get into it. Just because it works for them, it doesn't mean it is for you. A few years back, I, wrote a, I bought a book from a home simplicity maven I admire in attempts to feel more organized and in control at home with two toddlers and a partner who was away for months at a time. In the book, she suggests doing a small load of laundry every morning as the simple way to not be overwhelmed by laundry. Sounds simple enough. But when I read that, the idea of doing a load of laundry, laundry every single day felt overwhelming and stressful, especially in the morning. I had enough things to do in the mornings before I dropped, dropped off my kids at preschool. 
But initially, upon reading it, I felt like, well, damn, this lady has built an entire brand on being organized. She has her shit together. Maybe this is the way I should be doing laundry. What works for her did not work for me. And that is perfectly perfect. I love how much access to information we have. I love that we can learn organization and housekeeping tips from people who have mastered it and have built successful businesses on it. I love that we can find reviews for every product, service, and technique. I love that we can learn from and see into the lives of people all around the world who are successful, knowledgeable, and vibrant. How lucky are we? Yet, at the same time, having so much access to information can have us looking outside of ourselves more and more instead of looking inside and trusting ourselves. The access to information, suggestions, and how-tos creates more shoulds and comparison. It can make me question myself and how I do things and what feels best for me because it seems like everyone else is doing it the way that they claim is the best. When you allow yourself to lean into your feelings and trust yourself, it will also support you in getting out of comparison and competitiveness. What works for them doesn't have to be for you. What works for you doesn't have to be for them. And that doesn't mean that anything is wrong with them and what they are doing or that there is anything wrong with you and what you are doing and how you do it. Instead of feeling shame for that or mulling over whose way is better and comparing yourself, honor it. Honor yourself. Okay, I skipped one section because I don't want to read you so long and make this podcast so long because you're going to have the book. You can go get the book. But so here is an idea where I was talking about earlier about feeling it out. So I skipped one section that goes after that. And then now we're going to feel it out. Try it on. This is an idea that I got from my friend and podcast guest, Danica, Danica Breisha, co-founder and CEO of Model Meals and the founder of Self Care Society. I heard about her talking about this idea of trying on careers and opportunities, just like you would try on outfits. If it interests you, why not try it on? Instead of feeling like you have to make a choice and stick with it for the rest of your life, why not allow yourself to try on what calls to you, just like you would try on different looks? Try on the job, try on the opportunity. If it is, and if it isn't for you or you want to make another choice later, it isn't like you failed, you tried it on and now you're ready to try on a different option. I love the playfulness of this so much that it inspired how I talk about the visualization practice that I use to support me in making choices. After you've collected your data, which I talk about in the previous section that I skipped, <laughs> go through your options, lists, feedback, and possibilities and visualize yourself trying the options on, just like you would try on new clothes. Imagine you are in a dressing room, trying on different outfits. See yourself making these choices, doing the thing, buying the thing, spending time with the person, live it out in your mind and try on how it feels for you. So like I was saying earlier, like trying on feeling the different choices, the different times, what I say yes to, what I'm spending my money on for the party. What does that feel like? Envisioning being at that party and what it feels like. Do it playfully, allowing yourself to be creative seeing your options as being flexible, but not automatically shooting yourself down thinking, oh, I would never. 
that's not for me. That'll never work for me. Sometimes giving myself the space to visualize multiple scenarios, including the ones I feel like are a no, makes me lean in and consider others. And also what good could come from them instead of just doing what sounds easiest, most common, most acceptable, the options I feel I should choose. What do you feel? What fears, doubts, worries surface? Do you feel excited, comfortable, playful, lit up? Or do you feel tense, stressed, uncomfortable, insecure? Be real with yourself while also allowing yourself to explore and daydream. Listen to the tugs, nudges, and feelings that are poking you outside of your comfort zone. Do you feel like your gut is saying yes, but you have some nagging tugs and or questions? Try journaling about these visualizations. We're describing them to someone to really try them on. Like, yeah, talking out loud to people about, you know, talking to a friend of like, oh, yeah, they told me I want to step and repeat, but I don't know, that doesn't feel great, is where then the photo booth idea came from. So sometimes talking to a friend and not even for me looking for suggestions, but also being open to them, it's just me talking about something. I can feel the energy of something. That's me talking to you right now and not reading from the book if you didn't get that. <laughs> so, um, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, I have to figure out where I was. Okay. What is the main energy that you feel? You don't have to even name it, but feel into the baseline energy. Try on the possibilities and allow yourself to get quiet and lean toward the inner pooling. Like you can feel when you're like, yeah, anything works. But then you're like, oh man, yeah, the mornings feels more spacious. But I can do the afternoon like it feels more tense. Like you can feel the different energy once you actually allow yourself to. And if visualization is a weird word that sets you off, then just be like, you're imagining, (laughs) you're daydreaming, you're thinking about these possibilities. It doesn't have to be like some big deal. Like visualization is really just thinking (laughs) about something. Uh, Once you have tried on the possibilities and envisioned yourself making the different choices, whether it's which stroller to buy, how to start a new business, when to end a relationship, you may already be clear on what you're feeling and what is your true gut want. Awesome. If not, or if you want to double check and reinforce that feelings, ask yourself some more questions. You don't need to answer them all, but scan through and give yourself a self-check-in. Here's some self-inquiry questions. Does this feel more like a should or a want? What is motivating my choice? Like, for example, when I was feeling like I had to do get these simple thi- these things, it was like because I felt like other people have done that because that's what I make up the owners of this space are expecting. So what is motivating my choice more than like what actually feels great to me and what do I want? Am I making this choice out of fear, doubt, and or concern of what someone else will think is the next question of self-inquiry question. Yeah, a lot of things is like, oh, wait, that's because I'm afraid of what these people will think. But what do I want? What do I think? Next self-inquiry question, how does it make me feel to make this choice? And the last suggested self-inquiry question is, When I get quiet and let all the other voices and shoulds fall away, what feels best to me? So again, that was sort of when I was saying earlier, when if if nothing, like if everybody was just going to go along with whatever I wanted and there were no previous examples or whatever, what what would I choose? What feels best to me? And just getting clear on that then helps you get more defined about what it is you want. So I hope that that supported you. Again, go get the whole book. 
Ftheshouldsdothewants.com um, takes you to links for all the places and also is where you can get the pre-order bonuses. So I don't know when you're listening to this. There were pre-order bonuses for ordering. I'm going to leave those up until May 17th because May 17th is when the live virtual book release party slash workshop is happening. So you can still go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com, enter your purchase order information no matter when you ordered it, and you will get access to the bonuses and um, get to join us for the live virtual book release party and workshop that happens May 17th. You can only get access to that even if you miss the recording, but you only have access to, I mean, if you miss the live thing, but you'll get a recording if you have entered your info by May 17th or like, well, May 18th. Because even if you do it on May 17th, when the event happens, if you go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com and enter your info before May 18th, then you'll get access to the recording or the live virtual if you make it before then of the party and workshop with Robin Euclid and Jason Mraz. And I'll probably leave the other bonuses open to you for for as long as as possible. So the the workshop you only get access to if you log in for the work um, for the bonuses before May 18th. But at any time you can go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com and you can claim my five part bonus video series and exclusive EFT tapping meditation from New York Times bestselling author and co-founder of The Tapping Solution, Jessica Ortner. I'm so grateful for you and your support. Um, I'm just a little baby, small potatoes, first time author. And so um, it really, every book purchase really makes a difference. Like that's how they decide if they're going to print more, if they will, uh, you know, if people will buy another book for me, meaning like the publishers, like will be like, oh, yes, that book sold well. So we will allow you to write another. Uh, obviously, I can also always self-publish. Um, but yeah, those numbers, it really makes a difference. And if you have the book already, go leave a review on Amazon or wherever you got it, because then reviews too, that tells the publishers and bookstores that people are interested in this book so that they keep it stocked. Because if people don't buy it, then they only order a couple copies and then don't reorder them. So really, you purchasing the book makes a difference. You telling your friends, you choosing it as a book, um, you know, book club choice for people to read, you sharing it about it on social media, no matter how many followers you have, makes a difference. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. And I also hope, I hope, I mean, I can't wait for you to read the book and see what realizations you're having. And I also hope that my journey with making this book happen for over a decade of wanting to empowers you to put into action, you know, something that you know within you that you want to do that you haven't been made made time for giving yourself time to actually making it happen and committing to that process because you really want it no matter how long it takes you show up for yourself this is your life make it yours go claim some joy for yourself right now